Question. Hello, hello out there in my podcast and on iHeartRadio podcasting. Welcome. Welcome to our first series of Signs in the Heavens. I thought this would be a most relevant night tonight. It's kind of a pop pop through. Uh, tomorrow we do Hashmita, which also preludes some other significant study time. But right now I want to bring up something that happened several years ago. And I watched it happen, and it was worldwide. And nobody paid attention to it. It slipped them. So I'm going to go into Revelations 12 and read the first two verses of Revelations 1 and 2. It says, A great sign seen in the heavens, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with child, she carrying, crying out in pain, laboring to give birth. Now, keep that in mind, because there's another sign we will discuss that happened later in that sequence of the red dragon. Um, and what will happen with the red dragon. Um, but right now, we're focusing in on this woman and who she represents. Now, if you go back in history, around the time of Jacob, you had Joseph, his son. And he had a dream. Uh, the same dream of the nation of Israel currently. Now, throughout the New Testament, uh, several of your key people mentioned that we were born, birthed out of the nation of Israel believers, which is true. It started with Jewish believers, but people fail to realize that still today. Um, it was Jew It took 11 or 12 Jewish believers one of them was replaced, which was Judas Iscariot, that started the church. They birthed the church out of Israel, out of Judaism. So remember, don't criticize your Jewish brethren. Okay? We are no different than you. We are all one in the Lord's eyes, Yahuwah's eyes. So uh, we're talking now a New Testament and applying the Old Testament to the New, what it means. So this woman was a heavenly sign. What is a heavenly sign? Interesting. And why? What, where does this heavenly sign come from? What is it representing? Who is it representing and why? Okay. You go back to the Old Testament in Genesis. And Yahuwah himself speaks during creation through his own word. He says, the sun, moon, and stars are there as signs. This was before the Bible. They used him as signs to know the seasons, the times, and things that were going to happen. Okay, so this is a sign in the heavens. It's a star pattern. It's a star pattern. It's, it's a sign that shows in the heavens. John is seeing this sign in a vision. At the same time, he's seeing things happening on earth. Now, I'm going to go back and read something that Jesus quoted in Mark, I believe. Let me find it. It may have not been. It may have been in another section. Hmm. Anyway, uh, let's see here. 24. Here we go. I'm going to read you this. It says, 
the uh, disciples was asking him questions on the Mount of Olives, Jesus went out from the temple and was going his way. His disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. But he answered him, you see all these things, don't you? Most certainly, I tell you, they will not be left one stone on another. There will be not one thrown down. This was a prophecy of the fall of the temple. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? What is the signs of your coming? And the end of the age. End of the age. And Jesus answered them, or Yeshua answered them, Be careful that no man lead you astray or deceive you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Messiah and will lead you astray. Christ, the anointed one. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must happen before, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, plagues, and earthquakes in various places. Right now, okay, we are living in a plague, like consistency, a pandemic, which is a plague. And it's destroying people. It's hurting people. It's making people die. It's making people sick. It's causing body parts to have sores. It's causing all the signs that were mentioned in Revelation. They're happening. Now, I'm not saying the end is yet. I'm saying this is just a prelude of sorrows before his return. Um, and it goes on to say... But these, all these things are the beginning of birth pains or sorrow. Then they will deliver you up, up to oppression and will kill you. You will be hated by all of the nations for my name's sake. Then many will stumble and many and will be delivered upon one another and will hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will lead many astray. Be because iniquity will be multiplied, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. And it goes on talking about the good news being preached to the kingdoms. He says, and the good news of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world for the testimony to all nations. Then the end will come. When, therefore, you see the abomination of the desolation, which was spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Okay. He says, flee to the mountains. And let him who is on the housetops not go down to take out anything that are in his house. Let him who is in the field, not turn return back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are with child and to the nursing mothers in those days. Pray that your flight not be in winter, nor on a Sabbath. And he talks about the great depression, great oppression and shortness, be shortened of days and so forth and so on. Um, he also talks about the false prophets, the signs and wonders, the astray, and he goes on describing these things in great detail. Um, I'm not saying we're in the end times. 
I'm saying they will be signs that prelude the end times. The final end, anyway. And I, I believe that we're just starting to go into the birth pains. And why I allude to that is because if you go to chapter 12, before chapter 12, we're talking about the measuring of a temple, which is our temple in our hearts. Tribes, people, tongues, whatever, and, and the people rising and, and worshiping Yahuwah. Then we are talking about angels coming out of the sky and so forth and things happening and, and whatever. Um, it, it's just a lot of preluding. But I'm focusing in on 12 and, and one particular thing that caught my eye back in 2017 and it was totally ignored people was looking for the coming of the messiah they were saying this sign heralds the messiah mm, well it does it's a sign but it doesn't mean he was coming it means the beginning of something much more that yeshua yahua was talking about so this sign of the woman begins a fall festival it begins September and October between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Well, Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement. Yom Hashanah is the new beginning of the new year. Now, we are in 2019. This was nearly three years ago. Let me explain. Prior to the sign showing itself, Jupiter retrograded in Virgo for nine months. Nine months. That's 40, just a little over 40 weeks. A normal human gestation, and I'm talking now from a medical standpoint. I am a medical student. I am getting a medical degree. I know enough that a typical woman's pregnancy can go over 40 months, 40 weeks, just a little over nine months um, of gestation period, depending on the child. Jupiter retrograded for nine months exactly. I counted the months. Nine months in Virgo's womb. And then this sign come out exactly on September the 23rd and 24th of 2017. It even went as far as showing itself for three consecutive days after Rosh Hashanah. Three. And I started thinking. Some people, now I'm not laughing them, that they, they were partially right. It was a sign representing something, but it wasn't representing the return of Christ, per se. Uh, it was re representing something that he preluded to, uh, which was Daniel's 70th wink, which also goes into Daniel's prophecy of the end times. Uh, prior to... The Great Tribulation, there's supposed to be a certain amount of time where there's woes. And he talks, Christ talked quite frequently, Yeshua talked quite frequently about, in Matthew and some of the other Gospels, about the signs before the end. The one sign of the end is the Gospel must be preached to the whole world. Well, how could this be done? Hmm? Think. You're on it right now. 
brothers and sisters. It's happening right now before your eyes. It's fulfilling itself without you really even realizing it. It's fulfilling itself through signs that mark certain parts of the age. We live in a generation that is touted technology. Do you know that technology is going to turn against us? Those that are presenting evil want to make us something we're not. They want to put us into a biometric system. Now, this is not hearsay. This is fact. I hear it constantly in the medical community. I am a medical student, and this is what's coming down the pipeline. This is what your world leaders want. We're in danger. Because what we thought a chip in a tube was a mark, it was the beginning of the preludes of something much more. And it's, this is our lives at stake. Right now, God has paused everything to keep it from happening for a good reason. I ask you this. This is a time of reflection and remembrance. Who are we and what are we to the Lord? When I start revealing the things the Lord has revealed to me, it's going to be eye-opening. Very eye-opening indeed. And people missed it. I discerned it. And there's been several well-known figures. This is just one, Marlon Hicks, that have put the pieces together, but the pieces are slightly separate. I knew this as a child way before technology got advanced enough to actually show the heavenly signs. What we got now with all the lights, we can't see that. It's blocked out. But if you have Stellarium or Google, you can see it. And it's shocking. This sign, the whole world seen it. Israel and all seen it. And they ignored it. The, the sign with Leo was seen. And it was ignored. It was just another stellar blessing or whatever they thought it was that crossed the United States. They were warnings. Warnings not just to this nation, but warnings to the world. Why do you think I've been talking about Shemitah? I've been talking about other things because I'm bringing them together to show you a picture that he does exist and there is a God that rules and subjects us to his will. And yes, we are subject to him. Um. It is what it is. Shemitah plays out every seven years. Something happens. We get a judgment. It happens. But now we're in a time of focus. This is a Shemitah, by the way. And we are in a time of recompense. We are in a time of stop. We are in a time of rest. We are in a time of things being nullified. We have a chance to take that nullification and start all over again and start renewed, not as a nation, but individuals. What has he stripped away from us? 
He has stripped away all the things we love so much that we put before him that angered him. Movies. Concerts. School functions. Sports related. Even our own churches. What he wants is not a building. What he wants is not a football. What he wants is not a dress dress idol concert. He wants our souls. For he is the Lord. He saved us. He sent his son to save us. We are his. We are his children. And he wants our undivided attention. He's a jealous God. But back to the subject. He's put the world at a silent stop still right now. We have exactly according to this nine months. We've already fulfilled three years of that nine months. I'm showing you the secret now. What people missed, the countdown has started. The clock has started ticking to the coming of our king. The clock has started ticking, people. And it's not going to be very long that we are going to see Yeshua's face. And I don't want to think that any one of my brothers and sisters would be left behind. But they will be some. We must get our lights in order. We must get our lives in order. Get things out of our lives that we do not need. The time is crucial. The outpouring is coming. The reset is coming. And once that outpouring starts, it will not stop. The whole world is going to get the gospel. The whole world is going to get the spirit. And then we're gone. Just like that. One moment in the twinkling of an eye, we are gone. So it's not very long. And I don't want to be here after it happens. People, reality check. When this happens, you're not going to have time to say yes or no when we're gone. The world is gone as you know it when he comes. It's just one time. We're gone. We're out of here. And then you're left to face the unknown. You have no choice. You either fall into the hands of Satan or you stay away from it and get recompense. But there is no yes or no. There is no grace because grace will be removed. The only way you can be saved is Believing that God is God and listening to the letter of the law. I wouldn't want to think that. Because in the end of it, I wouldn't want to be in the great white throne judgment. Because he's going to judge even the very elect for their sins. When the first fruits are removed, there's no hope. So you have a chance to repent now before it's too late. But I'm going to give you the signs to my brothers and sisters that are going to be with the Father through Yeshua. So you can discern the times. I certainly discerned them. And we are in them. There's no doubt about it. Perry and the others are right. We are in those times now. And it's crucial that we know what we're going to face in the end. Remember, he said plagues, pestilence, wars, rumors of wars, all these are happening now. Since 1948, it's been tick, 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 
tick, tick, tick. We're coming to a driving point. So I'm going to cut it here for a little bit, 19 above the hour. Uh, as I said, I will do two sessions on this explaining what I know. You can take it as theory or not, but we are going to look at the sign of revelation. All right, everybody, welcome to a night of prophecy and mystery. We just got done with the book of mysteries. Now I'm tying something in with the mystery of the Shemitah. Um, we are discussing the Meseroth. We was looking at Revelations 12, 1 and 2, the woman. So now I'm going to read out of a, a book called Signs in the Heavens. It says astrologers say, or astronomers, say that Aquarius... Uh, is the first sign in the zodiac, but this is is just another aspect of Satan's counterfeit. The zodiac charts actually begin with a different sign. Remember, zodiac really means ladder or steps. So remember when it talks about Yokov or Jacob having a dream and seeing angels going up and down a ladder. Okay. Uh, according to Yahuwah's plan, the first rung of ladders, run of ladders, which points to Yeshua, is a sign Virgo. Catch that. The sign Virgo reports to Yeshua. Why? Because the word Virgo really means virgin and relates directly to Yeshua's virgin birth. Now, remember, we're seeing a lady in the sky. She's clothed with the sun, the moon at her feet, the head, and her head with a crown of 12 stars. The 12 stars represents the 12 tribes of Israel. Remember that. She is with child. She cries out in pain, labor to give birth. Okay. Since the ancient times, four symbols have been associated with Virgo. They are Virgo the Virgin. Coma, a woman holding a baby. Centaur, the centurion, who is half man and half horse creature. Boots, a shepherd or harvester. Okay, so these are the four signs in this uh, sign area that represent Yeshua. So first we look at Virgo. She says here, the, fir- the figure Virgo holds a sheaf of wheat in her hand and with it within it is the constellation's brightest star spica or spisa which means seed so there's the analogy of the seed okay after adam's fall god told yahuwah told hasatan and i will put enmity between you And the woman, and between your seed and her seed, she shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise her heel. That's in Genesis. Who is this prophecy referring to? Okay. It is about Yeshua, the Messiah, or the Christ, born of a virgin, and called the seed of woman. 
The woman does not normally carry the seed or sperm, of course. It is always a man who carries it. So think about how Jesus was born. It was it was marvelous. It was it was something that's never been happened before. Okay. Um, she goes on to say, in this case, we see that Yahuwah through the Ruach is a father by supernatural means. Hmm. Isaiah 7.14 sheds some light on this prophecy. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel. Also, Joseph, son of David, did not, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Urach, okay, Urachodesh, and she shall bring forth a son, and she shall call his name Yeshua, for he shall shave his people from their sins, and that's Matthew 1, 20 and 21, okay, um, she goes on to elaborate many more verses on the sign of Virgo, but we're going to go into detail what Virgo means. Yahuwah's magnified the importance of this seed for all men to see. Spica, or Spica, is the brightest star in the constellation Virgo. The enmity that Yahuwah placed between Satan and the woman was our Redeemer, the seed of the woman, Yahshua, and the dragon was enraged with the woman and she went to make war or he went to make war with her offspring who keeps the commandments of Yahuwah and the testimony of Yahshua the Christ or the Messiah. This consolation brings the promise of the coming Messiah. Prizing the Lord in Virgo's hand is a branch upon which the is a smaller star called Sub, subbillion, which means branch. The Lord gives us many scriptures about Jesus as the branch. So again, we see the branch and the wheat, representing the bread and the tree, or the, the erat. Okay? The, the Adonai gives us many scriptures about Jesus, Yeshua being the branch, one of them in Isaiah 11, 1. And there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Yeshi, and the brand, and the Eretz shall grow out of his roots. The prophet Zechariah prophesied that Yeshua would be the branch in the scriptures. I am bringing forth my servant the branch, or the Eretz, or Netzir. Um, in Zechariah 3, 8, and 2, Okay, behold, the man whose name is the Netzir, he shall build the temple of the Lord. That's Zechariah 6.12. The prophet Jeremiah also prophesied about Yeshua as the branch, or the Eretz, or Netzir. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a Netzir of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness on the earth. That's Jeremiah 5, 23, 5. These prophecies present a thrilling picture of the seed of the woman who was born from the lineage of David. He, he became the Netzir, the right hand 
man of his father, who was sent to us to secure our salvation. <clears throat> now look at the second figure in the constellation. A woman who is holding a baby symbolizes Virgin Mary, or Miriam, and the baby Yeshua. It contains a star named Copa, or Coma, uh, which is prostrated upon the baby. This star has a beautiful meaning, the desired one. Yeshua, the long hope for Mashiach, is the desired one. And we will shake all na- he will I will shake all nations and they shall come to desire, become the desire of all nations, and I will fill the temple with my glory, says the Lord of hosts. And that's in Haggai two seven. Malachi three one tells us the effect that the desired one has upon his people and the Lord whom you seek, even the messenger of the covenant is whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. God has is saying very plainly that desires of the nations, Yeshua, the Christ, was one whom we would take great delight in. If Yeshua is his, his godly perfection were presented as his he truly is, he would be irresistible. Think about that. The third figure that is associated with the constellation Virgo is the shepherd named for the ancient star maps, Boots. The scriptures frequently refer to Jesus as the good shepherd that is exactly who the star represents. He is is prophesied in Isaiah 40:11 which says he will feed his flocks like the shepherd he will gather his lambs with his arms and carry them into his bosom and gently lead those who are with young in the new testament 1 peter 2:25 calls jesus the shepherd and the overseer of our souls jesus yeshua he yeshua himself says i am the good shepherd and i know my sheep and am and am known by my own John 10:14 It is very interesting that the bow or boo of boots means the one who the the coming one or bow John the Baptist knew he was only the Messiah's forerunner he referred to Yeshua in John 1, 26 and 27 but there shall there sh- but there shall stand one among you whom you do not know it is he who comes after me is perfect before me whose sandal straps i am not worthy to loosen he was saying i am not the messiah but he is co- is there is a coming one did you know that job prophesied about Jesus, or Yeshua, he said, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, Job 19, 25. Job is a treacherous, tremendous book filled with vast knowledge and is said to be one of the oldest books in the Bible. Historians say that Job was the first book ever written down and before Moses wrote the Pentuic, which is history of the Jewish people. How did Job have knowledge of the Redeemer if one of these prophecies were ever recorded from him? I believe that Yahuwah 
unfolded his story in the heavens. Job was more to say about the stars than any other book of the Bible. And we do not read it nowadays, people. He probably received a wonderful revelation from Adonai from the very heavens themselves. One of the principles or deacons stars in the boots is named Acurus, which means watcher or guardian. Job mentions this star in Job 9.9 and Job 38.32 and is further representing Yeshua as a guardian of his sheep, the church, and also Israel. Notice that the sketch on, on page 20, she refers to boots, showing boots with a shepherd's staff and sickle. Not only is Yeshua the good shepherd, he is the Lord of the great harvest of souls. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That's in Matthew 24 through 30. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the white cloud sat one like the Son of Man. He, having his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him, who sat on the cloud, Thus thrust your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And that's Revelations 14, 14 and 15. Only God himself can bring these images together in such a beautiful manner. Now, look at the centaur, the fourth figure in the sign of Virgo. This figure is depicting a half man and a half horse. It is a symbolic symbolic of Yeshua's nature, for he is both the son of God and the son of man. He is divine nature. Yeshua was filled with the spirit, filled with the divine power of his earthly ministry. In his earthly ministry, he worked miracles, raised the dead, and he was resurrected from the dead himself. Yet in Yeshua's physical body, he suffered as a human. He experienced thirst, pain, emotions of humanity, which Yeshua was born. No one has ever seen such a dual nature. Dual nature. So he's both God and man. The centaur depicts the contrasting nature, portraying both the divine and the humanity. If you look at the figure, you will see that he is carrying a long spear. I believe this represents the word of the spirit in Ephesians 6, 17, which is the word of Yahuwah. In Revelations 19, Jesus Yahshua returns in power and authority, wielding a sharp sword. Now I say, heaven open and behold a white horse and he that set up on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judged and maketh war he was clothed with robes dipped in blood and his name is called the word of yahuwah revelations 19 11 and 13 now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike nations so we are going to cut here and we will continue our look at the constellation Virgo. So I'm going to take a 10-minute breather, and I'll be right back, brothers and sisters.
Alrighty, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to an, uh, a second studying of the signs in the heavens. We're talking about revelations. So, basically, we're at the point now we're understanding what Virgo and its surrounding constellations mean. We're now going to take a look. Let me get a little drink here. Sorry about that, everybody. Thirsty. All right. We are now getting ready to go into the explanation of the final phases. So, we are going to look at another deacon. So, it says, just as in one life we are conquering the works of darkness with the word... Yeshua will return to earth and forever cast the evil and his demons into the lake of fire. That's what she's saying here. Another deacon star in the sign of Virgo is a centaur figure. It's called despised. Yeshua is the beloved son of the Ava or father, or Avi as I call him. He is our Adonai, but the enemy really hates him and influences others on earth who despise, hate, and ultimately crucify Yeshua. That's one thing about Yeshua. No one can be neutral towards him. He is despised and rejected by many men and mans of sorrow and acquainted with grief as we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. And that was Isaiah 5, 53, 3. Uh, we go on to see the scriptures show the dynamic contrast to desire the desire of nations, and yet both figures are shown as one man. Yeshua in the sign of Virgo. Thus seeing sees to be the consolation that brings out many facetal personalities of our Savior. And redeemer, and the many ways people have affect were affected by him. His own people despised and rejected him, and yet all others, to and to some his own, the Jews. The he was the desired one to the Gentiles. He was the light that was seen in great darkness. The deacon star, called the despised, is classified. At, by scientists to be a changeable star. It is constantly growing brighter every year. When one discovers this fact, I thought, it's that just like the Lord. He is drawn to our attention to the stars, which represent his growing influence in the world of darkness. There may be great darkness and sin in the world, but Yeshua and his church and Israel also, are an even greater light. And I'm talking about the believers in Yeshua. The parallel shows here is that although opposition from Hasatan may grow stronger, Yeshua in you will grow brighter as you shine the gospel to the world. The next time that you're out, point this star out to everyone and tell them the significance thereof. What a wonderful way to share Yeshua. The constellation Virgo is a beautiful, intricate design 
description of Yeshua, the Mashiach, God and man. He was the virgin-born child, the seed of the woman, the netzir of Yahuwah, and the desire of all nations, the son of God and the son of man, and our great shepherd and harvester. This exciting revelation of Yeshua, which is found in Virgo's Consolation, is only the latter's first run. You have 11 more to climb. In the Bible, one very important characteristic dreamed about the latter, which linked the earth to the heavens. His name was Yaakov, or Jacob, the son of Avrim. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up from the earth, and its tops reached the heavens. And there were angels of Yahuwah were ascending and descending on it. And that was Genesis 28, 12. Through this dream, Yahuwah directed Jacob's vision heavenly, heavenward. He also wanted him to focus on visions in the same direction. Can you see how the zodiac or ladder was meant to be connected between heaven and earth. It was meant to reveal Yahuwah's revelation knowledge to all men. Only Yahuwah could have conceived such a perfect, elaborate plan, one that shows his intentions for man from the beginning and the foundation of the world. The Bible teaches that Yeshua is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, Revelations 13, 8. You can now know that Yeshua wrote his completed story in the stars before the world began. The next run on this ladder is Libra. So prepare to discover what Yahuwah has for you. So we talked about Methuselah, Methuselah, and what is around her and the representations. So what does this have to do with that and Leo? Now, we will go in and discuss Leo. I'm not going to go into Libra. Leo will be tomorrow <clears throat> as our study. But right now, we're looking at the Virgin. So, you're saying, what does this have to do with a constellation sign that happened in September? <sighs> Rosh Hashanah is the new year. The new sliver of the moon marks that new year. It has to be seen in order to recognize it. This happened right before the presidential elections. Presidential elections is in November. It happened in September on the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. You had exactly... A three to four day window. And in between that, you had Rosh Hashanah, New Beginnings, and you had Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. Now, when Jesus was crucified, he atoned for our sins. Rosh Hashanah means New Beginnings. That was three years ago. Now, I'm going to allude to something before that that happened on August the 21st. Now, I'm going to bring my phone over here so we will know what exactly falls on August the 21st and why it's crucial. Mm 
Great American Eclipse happened on the 21st of August. And it crossed America from one end to the other. Now. We know that. It went from east to west. Now, see here, we'll go to Hebrew, Habatical, which I'm going into. We are looking at 20, On August the 27th was Rosh Chodesh Eul. It was an Eul. Do you remember studying Eul 29? That was right before Eul 29. And that was on a Tuesday. The day before that was a sign in the heavens. You had Leo. Okay. And in the Poe of Leo... You had an eclipse, which was interesting that that would happen. Eul the 4th, exactly, was August the 26th. Let's go in and see. August the 21st is what we're looking at. Okay, it's not going to give me the date of EU. So, let's go back. And remember, it was 577. We was going into 578. And that was in August. We're looking the 21st of August. After sunset. Again, it's not going to do it. Their calendar's off. Okay, that was the 29th of off. The 29th of the Father. In the month of off. So, that was the end of one cycle, beginning of another cycle. Now, the 29th of off, we will find out what that is. Now, remember, the 9th of off was judgment. So, let's see here. It was part of the diaspora of Israel, or diaspora. It was when they returned to the land, their joy was diminished because of the fact they was under uh, Babylonian rule. It means father, the year of the father. So we were seeing our heavenly father showing signs of his coming, uh, which was quite prevalent at that time. He was showing Things that he wanted seen. Okay. And things he wanted to know. He was preluding a sign before sign. Now, before this sign, there was four consecutive 
lunar eclipses, and right inside those lunar eclipses was a solar, and there was one before. It was what they call a tetrad. Uh, you had two in 2014, two in 2015. Now you wait a year later on exactly August the 21st of 2017 before this major event happened. Everybody was excited about it. There was a lesser known event that happened that was missed. And it happened in the Paul of Leo. I found this out myself. Leo is the sign for the king of Israel and the line of Judah, which I come out of the line of Judah. Um, and the, the lion is a sign of kinghood. Well, here, right in the middle of the first Paul, right under it, actually right in it, actually, was this lunar eclipse passing over America, going from west to east. Nobody seen it. Nobody paid attention. But it was quite prevalent. Now, um, as I said, the top of the hour, we will discuss Leo. I just might as well do Leo. Um, go in and look at Leo here, what page it's on. The interesting of Leo, 105. We will talk about Leo. So, I changed my thing that I was going to do. Leo, what, what, what is Leo? You start to study the signs of the heavens with Virgo because you, you had to first see Jesus as the second, the seed of woman, who was bruised, bruised Satan's head. Now we can see how the stars portray his fulfillment of those prophecies. His work within the church, Leo, our final sign, this is a final sign now, was depicting Christ's reign as the king. Leo means lion. Okay. It also was a symbol representing Judah during Israel's first inception. And it goes, she goes to say here, and so we will see Yeshua opening his full power and strength as the exalted line of the tribe of Judah. The fourth sign is the four signs in Leo are Leo the Lion, Hydra, Crater, and Cronus. Hydra is the water snake. Crater, the cup of wrath. And Curvus or Cronus is the raven. So we are seeing these four junket signs with their contributaries and components being explained. Uh, now, I won't go into detail on this because I will be cutting here. And we will go over Leo and his junkets. And then I will explain the significance of putting these signs together and what they truly mean. So we'll be back in a little bit.